In August of 2016, a whole family fled their home after the parents convinced their kids they need to take a technology-free trip. Once separated from one another, each family member eventually headed towards their home as there was no looming threat over them. But the question the world struggled to answer ever since is why did all of them flee in the first place? This is the story of Trump family disappearance. The question that nobody asked yet, and therefore there was never a response to it until this very moment, is why? Why don't you take drugs, Maya? Why aren't you constantly high, off your rocks? Because, do you hear me? Do you see me? Well, you probably don't see me now, because this is the audio one. But listen, do you hear me? Do you? to understand the mental state of mind. No, they really don't. I was just sitting here before pressing record and thinking about how much Teletubbies used to fascinate me. (laughs) In my head, the whole intro tune played up, like the sun that does that creepy smile and then followed by Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala, Poe, and then they all walk around in those weird-ass costumes And I just remember myself as a child, I would always stop in front of a TV, at least for a couple of minutes, just to watch that. Because that's always how I imagined life on drugs. That is what I thought that people envision. And that is why I don't do them. Thank you. Now now you know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank for what? Nobody asked you. Therefore... They will take this answer for granted, as they should. You're talking about Teletubbies. It's not rocket science. People who actually watch Teletubbies, like, I don't know, back to four other seasons, are there episodes? (laughs) Is this like, you know, like when you watch Money Heist for a couple of seasons, you follow through the process? Like, are there cliffhangers? Well, if anybody watched it from, like first season to its last are you okay now (laughs) are you mentally all right or did you have to be like hospitalized i swear what if though not to be a conspiracy theorist i swear this one will have timestamps for you to skip through this shite but what if Something like Teletubbies, like where you know that even parents won't let their children watch it, is exactly where the government would hide messages from its people. Just a food for thought. (laughs) Watch like MI6 contact you right now, being like, why are you spreading the gospel to our ears? Well, anyways, call me case file because we are in Australia again. Literally, not a single person will call you case file. What, anonymous host? Are you all right? They hear the accent, Maya. They know you're an immigrant. And you're not even an immigrant to Australia, which would be so epic. I just want to sweat all day, every day. Anyways, the case that I'm bringing you today isn't theoretically true crime. Nobody dies in this story. No one is really hurt either. But it is still one of the scariest stories out there. At least it is scary to most of the internet and most of the Reddit conspiracy theorists, really. And I need your Sherlock Holmes caps right on it, because I want to know what you think happened. By the end of it, I'll tell you the possible motives, the possible theories, and then I'll tell you what I believe happened, because I believe the answer to this is a lot simpler. But there is a moral in this story, and that is that some people will never accept the simple solution to it. So let us talk about it and start from the very end and then go to the beginning. Imagine it, picture it yourself. You're driving a car and in the middle of the road you have just filled up your tank at a petrol station and have driven off and now you hear a kick and you feel your seat being kicked 
And you know, you didn't put a person behind you, which, wow, that would have been a plot twist. This is literally, by the way, if you are on TikTok, just an FYI, what my whole for you page is right now. It's all of the people that apparently drive and they sit into their car and at first they're like, I know you are there and they turn around and then they kind of breathe out and like, okay, nobody's in there. Does everybody check their backseat? Because you sure as hell should. This story, if it teaches you anything, it is exactly that. But this happened to a Goldburn resident, Keith Whitaker, who said that this panic set in once he pulled into the Caltech service station, filled up his petrol and drove off on his way to Canberra for a doctor's appointment. Once he drove for about an hour, according to this article that I read online, there's very limited information on this case, he got to Lake George. And this is when he felt a kick to the back of his seat. He turns around and he sees two legs that are just stretched across the back between his seat and the floor. So as if a woman that he found was just lying on the floor. So of course, he's freaking out. He pulls over in the rest area on the road and gets the hell out of the car. Keith, trust me, I've tried to find, I tried my very best to find more information on the legend that Keith was online, but I couldn't really find anything, and I mean, it is quite a common name, but what we know about Keith is that he doesn't even call the police at first. He just gets out of the car and kind of observes the woman that is in the back seat, technically not even in the back seat, in between the seats, and she just sits up and starts staring ahead of him. So he asks her who she is, is she okay? And she, he describes her to be in a catatonic state, which I had to look up what the hell that means. And that can mean a couple of things, but usually it is a person that is pacing or just repeating things constantly or making loud exclamations for no reason at all. So it isn't in response to any event that is going on. Think about like parrot-like repetition. So this woman, according to Keith, is talking, but she doesn't know her name and she has no idea who she was. So Keith offers her some water. He asks her if she's okay, if she needs anything, if she's injured. And she says no, because he's probably at this point thinking maybe this is a victim. Maybe she has just escaped to somebody's car because she is fleeing from somebody. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Because once he calls the police, they finally arrive. And at this point, she's mostly just sitting and staring straight ahead. So I'm not sure if Keith things that catatonic means something else. But anyways, the police takes this woman into a car and takes her back to the Goldburn police station. They describe that this woman is a young woman that is dressed well. It doesn't seem like she has been held anywhere. She doesn't seem injured. And she even, before being taken to the police station, offered Keith about 50 Australian dollars for his trouble, he said no thanks he was just happy to help and then he drove off on his way once he described everything to the police unfortunately for us this is where we have to say goodbye to Keith and his takeaway after this whole experience which let me know what yours would be mine probably wouldn't be as calm and composed as Keith was but he said that he came forward afterwards reminding people to check their unintended vehicles upon returning to them meaning that he probably didn't lock his car when he was filling up the petrol. Listen, Aussies are the chillest people out there. This is why. Let me move there. Let me move. I will speak your accent. I will not. I can't speak British accent after living here for about 12 years. So I cannot overpromise on that. Anyways, this is where we say goodbye to Keith and finally focus on the woman that was found in his car. Who is she? Well, the woman that the police is now looking into and trying to find out and piece the bits of the puzzle together is the oldest daughter of Trump family, Rihanna Trump. 
What neither Keith nor Rihanna knew at the time was that the police has already been looking for the whole of the Trump family. So let us go back into the disappearance and start from the beginning. The Trump family that the police is looking for right now consists of a few characters. Its patriarch is Mark Trump, who is 51. The matriarch is his wife, Jacoba, who is 53. And the two of them at the time were running a red current farm and an earth moving business, whatever that might be, at their property in Sylvan, in Australia, on the outskirts of the Victorian capital, Melbourne. They run this farm with their three children, 29-year-old Rihanna, the one that was found in Keith's car, 25-year-old Mitchell and 22-year-old Ella. And it is said that the kids are helping their parents run the farm and that Ella also has her own company supplying trucks and drivers to farms. So I assume Ella is in charge of that earth-moving business and that's really what that means. Somebody correct me if that's not correct. So it is said in the articles that all of the kids are helping their family on the farm and that everybody is working seven days a week. I've seen this repeated in the limited amount of resources on this online, which, in my opinion, is very, very relevant. Why working seven days a week? Even I give myself a single day off during the week, otherwise I'd go actually insane. Like, not just Teletubbies level insane, but like, completely not so. On Monday, August the 29th, 2016, the whole family inexplicably fled their farm, just left the business unattended. They didn't like pass those tasks on to somebody else, other family members. And they apparently wanted none of the family members to bring any piece of technology on this trip. But they also didn't tell them where they were going, why the trip had to happen. They just fled. Another thing that I find interesting and that isn't elaborated anywhere is that they left in Ella's car. So they took Ella's Peugeot SUV and this is the car they used to drive, which I would assume the family would have other cars, that the parents would have their own. But again, I can't be sure. But the first day, they drive all day and night until reaching Bathurst, that is roughly 500 miles away from their home. But at some point during this trip, within a car, they realized that unlike the rest of his family, 25-year-old Mitchell did not give any fucks about listening to his parents and he brought his cell, he brought his phone. So his parents, roughly 19 miles into this trip, they forced him to throw the phone out the window and they were convinced that this phone is being used to track them. They don't give any further explanations as to why, why would somebody be tracking them, why does he have to throw the phone out of the window, but Mitchell obliges and he does. By the time that they have reached Bathurst, it was already the morning, and Mitchell thought that this might be the right time for him to get out of the car and just return home, because his whole family seemed to be spellbound almost. They seemed to just be going nowhere really there was no target place where they wanted to reach and he just wanted to get the hell out of there he would later say that he left with them because he had to go and he just simply wanted to see where they were going so that's why he didn't take it seriously and he was just kind of keen on understanding what the hell is going on that they suddenly left the job that they slaved themselves to to just do what take a drive and that he couldn't leave them but then eventually once he realized it doesn't really seem like there is a point to this trip he decided to return from this Bathurst area, finally the family moves driving towards Janolan Caves. And this is and once they arrive to this location, Rihanna and Ella, the two daughters, leave their parents. The only thing we know, and this could be for multiple reasons, one of them that maybe none of them brought any money to this trip because of how their parents just decided to leave on a whim. 
but the two girls, Liana and Della, broke off from their family by stealing somebody's car as their next mode of transportation. And they would end up driving this car to Goldburn. Once they actually returned, the two of them would be the ones to report their parents as missing. But from this point on, the two of them split up. So none of them actually goes to give a statement to the police, but the two of them separate as well. The next thing we know is that Rihanna is found in the back of Keith Whitaker's Ford. But Ella actually made it back home to the farm on Tuesday night, and the police was already there once she made it home. The police entered the place because it was unlocked and in disarray, according to them. They found the evidence that the whole family had gone through the years of the farm's financial records before leaving. Now, I don't really know what this means, and this is just one of those things in this case that pisses me off. Like, does it mean that they printed out their bank statements and then were going through them, realizing they were in bed? financial conditions we just don't find out the police also found credit cards cell phones in their house and the keys in the ignition inside of their cars sort of confirming that there were other cars there that they could have taken but maybe the parents thought that their own cars would be too suspicious to take that they could be tailed There were also different documents throughout the house, including their passports, so they definitely weren't heading to leave the country in any form, any legal form at least, and credit cards for every single family member, so all five of them. But just like with the financial records, these piles of documents were also ordered, so as if somebody was looking for something and they were going through it sequentially or ordering it by the type of document that they were looking, searching for. So the police here concluded that this trip was cash-only, whatever it entailed, and that it seemed like the whole family just decided to go off the grid. Now, Ella is back on the farm, and the police is examining everything. So, where is Mitchell? Because he's the one that apparently left first. Well, he actually didn't return until Wednesday, August the 31st. I've seen in some reports that he was the one to make it back first, not Ella. I mean, a lot of reports actually state completely contradictory things. But whatever option it is, he took the train. That is why it took him a lot longer than it took everybody else by car. While this is happening, the police is at the house, Mitchell is finally back, and Ella is on her way back. Their parents, Mark and Jacoba, drove to Wangarota, and both of them decide to separate. Jacoba would head north while the father, Mark, would remain in Wangarota. With both Mitchell and the two sisters now back, the police is trying to place where was the last time that they all saw their parents. So Mitchell gives them the Bathurst location, but then the sisters chip in and say that it was actually Janolan Caves. So they inform the police station that is in that area and they start searching for their parents there, surrounding Janolan Caves. But they were nowhere to be found because by this point we know that they have already driven back over the Victorian border to the town of Wangarota. That evening, so August the 31st, the police will get a strange call from a couple in Wangarota who experienced what they said was a disturbing incident. This was the height of Pokemon Go. Do you remember like the obsession? People literally walking, bumping into one another on the streets, just looking for the freaking Pokemon to like tag them, put them into their little bowl. Well, this couple wasn't walking. They were in their own car when they started being dangerously tailgated, according to them, by the car of the same make and color that Mark was driving on that Wednesday night. This couple was minding their own business, playing Pokemon Go inside of their car, so they wouldn't have even found this weird if this person wasn't, well, A, too close to their car, but also just blazing the headlights. Like, they could barely differentiate how many people are in there, why is this person so dangerously 
to their car, like they just found this situation is really off. This couple then claimed that eventually, who they thought to be Mr. Trump, got out of the car and started running towards them. And just as they started freaking the hell out, this man stopped in the middle of the road and just stared, which is like horror movie plot line. And then he turns around and walks into the Wangarota Mariva Park and just disappeared. So they call the police. The police searches inside of the park, but nobody was found that evening. And they go back to the car and this is where they find the keys in the ignition again. So it just leads them to believe that Mr. Trump, who they will find out who he is later, doesn't actually plan to return to this car and to use it as his further mode of transportation. The police still doesn't find Mark that evening and the next day Mitchell, in an effort to locate his dad and his mom because she still hasn't returned, appears on Channel 9 with the police trying to appeal for information. He gives this statement saying that his dad is scared that people are after him and that he is not in a good state of mind. Mitchell doesn't clarify who his dad thought those people were. He just says to the host that is interviewing him that he can't provide any specific information for the parents' paranoia and the extreme behavior really shocked him and the rest of his siblings. I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. Just a couple of hours after that interview, so that same day, on Thursday, September the 1st, Mrs. Trump, Jacoba, took public transport to Yas. There is an actual place called Yas with like two S's, like the keen, the keen queer person saying Yas, like Yas. I mean, it's two S's, it's not like that, but very similar. It makes me so happy. It made me so genuinely thrilled when I started researching it. It's not the only reason why I researched it, but it's among like the top five. And it seemed like Jacoba tried to book a motel in the city of Yas. Watch Australians actually come for me and being like, it's actually not pronounced Yas. Like how else would it be pronounced? But here, just as she was trying to book a motel, now because the whole of the police is actually searching them, distributing their pictures all over the news. Now, as she's trying to book a motel, somebody, one of the members of the staff, recognizes her, probably from multiple pictures that were showcased on the news, and helps escort her to the hospital inside of Yas, where the hospital staff recognizes her, and then they call the police. What this means, though, and I find super interesting, and yet again, nobody really talks about it, is that at least one of these family members would have a mental health assessment in the middle of this heightened state of mind, and that would be Jacoba. So the police officers would later report that once the hospital staff assessed her, they reported that her mental health wasn't of a good standard. We never learn what that means, any further details, nope, because the news are suddenly interrupted when finally, on Saturday, September the 3rd, five days after the whole family left their home, Mark Trump, the patriarch, was located. He was just walking down a road in Wangarota, and then at 5.50pm, somebody spotted him, recognized him, and reported this to the police. So they finally take him in and keep him inside of the police station for the next five hours. I've read in certain articles that he got the mental health assessment as well. But after the five hours that he spent inside of the police station, a family member, we don't know who, takes him out, escorts him out, and this is where inside of a car that is taking him away back home, he gives the media a middle finger that he would later publicly apologize for, saying that he is sorry for the hurt and the concern caused by any of these events. Now that the whole family has been found, let us recap a couple of things. First of all, the questions that scream probably at all of us. Why did Mitchell follow in the first place? Why did he 
leave the car first? Why return and leave his whole family alone? If we are what this whole month is focusing on, to believe that this is due to folia do, the madness of two, there is something that we need to think about here. And that was why was one of the family members a lot less affected than most of the rest of his family? Then the other question is, were Mark and Jacoba, the parents, actually even planning to head home? Why did Jacoba go to Yas, where she has no family? Is it just because of a cool name? Listen, a girl can dream, okay? The Teletubbies Maya can dream today. Because the logical solution is, after this whole plan falls through, there's no logical solution here, let's be honest. Let's not lie to ourselves. But let's say your children are to leave, like... If you are actually fleeing because of a supposed threat on your life, aren't you trying to follow them back home and turning around and heading south? Not separating from the only other person that would logically again do that and then moving in completely opposite directions where again you have no family, you have no security and you don't have any money on you. And then one of the eeriest questions are surrounding how they found the mark. Was he stalking that couple? Was he about to attack them, rob them? Because Mark, when he was found, the police actually suspected of something else. There was a motel in the area, very close to that park, that the staff reported a break-in into one of its rooms on that evening. And they suspected that whoever broke into that room might have actually spent the night. And we know at least for one night, Mark was just on his own inside of the park in the cold. So was he the one to break into the motel room looking for accommodation? We never find out the answers to any of those questions. And now let us recap the whole of the disappearance. Just because maybe you see something that I don't. So Monday, 29th of August, the whole family leaves their home. Some 30 kilometers down the road, Mitchell throws his phone out of the window. At Bathurst, he finally leaves his family on the morning of the 30th of August. After that, Rihanna and Della leave their parents near the area of Ginolan Caves, They steal a car and drive back to Colburn area. The two of them then separate. Rihanna is found next and she is found in the back of a car. Ella returns home next in that stolen car, driving it all the way back. Next, we have a suspected sighting of Mark on Wednesday, the 31st of August in Wangaratta. Finally, on Thursday, the 1st of September, Jacoba Trump is found in Yas. And on the 3rd of September, Mark Trump is located in Wangaratta, wandering the streets. Where does this stand now? What happened once the family was located? Well, the very next day, so five days after they have gone missing, or rather they just decided to disappear on their own accord, Mitchell and Ella appeared before the media to apologize. They thank the police and the media for finding their father because he was the only one that didn't really seem to be looking to come back home. None of them will ever go into any detail about what happened. And the sergeant that will give further statements to the police will say that the family has no history of mental illness, no sign of them using drugs, because that is something that they would have been able to just spot inside of their home on any of the cars because they had the access to everything by the end of it. They don't seem to have any outstanding debts or to be part of a church or a cult, which is something that which is something that probably comes to mind first to a lot of people, a lot of the online sleuths. The last real life reports about this case date back to twenty sixteen which is where we learned that the Trump family returned to work on their family farm just outside Melbourne, that the Victoria police have withdrawn charges against Ella Trump for stealing that car in April next year, and that the legend that Keith is has never pressed his own charges about Rihanna jumping into the back of his car. 
But because the family never came clear, which they don't owe us. They don't owe us an explanation. They don't owe us shit. They didn't do anything criminal. They actually just decided to pack up their bags and get the fuck out. But because they never explained anything, the world started speculating. Before we dive into the theories, here is where I want to ask you my question. Because I... had the same thought process when I covered the case of Katie Up. It's a four minisode series. You can listen to it on this very channel. Don't go anywhere. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much content. But this is the question that I thought of when I was deep, deep into this case. And that is that even if Katie Up was to come online, say, guys, I'm online, this is my real face, this is me, I have never been held hostage, there's nothing suspicious on this channel. Would the world have ever believed her? Would we just ever buy into any of those stories, even if she was to be able to prove it? I still don't think so. I still feel like there are so many conspiracy theories, so many people that would just be like, that's not enough of a proof for me. And in this case, even if the Trump family was to come out, come clean and be like, actually, it is this theory. It's none of the ones you are speculating on. Or even if they were to be like, it is actually this particular one that we are speaking about. Would we still believe them? Would we actually ever just be like, nope, there's nothing mysterious here. Nobody will ever cover this case again. Nothing to talk about here. What are your opinions on this? Because I think it's a really interesting topic of conversation. Like, what actually needs to happen for the public to just, like, calm down when it comes to a case? For the public to not consider it a mystery? But now on to the theories and possible motives, therefore, for their disappearance. Let me start with a theory that is the one that is the most out there, the one I least believe in, let's say, and then go into the more believable ones, finally concluding with my own opinion. Okay, this is, of course, it originated on Reddit, of course, and there are so many supporters to it that I just have to mention it because somebody's going to come for my fucking soul if I don't. Well, okay, this is the claim. Listen to me really loud and clear. The Trumps family were poisoned by an environmental toxin on their own farm, causing them to have bizarre delusions. But there doesn't seem to be anything else to back this theory up. Okay, so what are we doing? (laughs) From everything that I have seen on Reddit, this originated from a comment that in real time was made by a neighbor. So the neighbor apparently said that the family was doing some renovations on a farm and then somebody started the rumor that this must be because there was a pipe that was broken on, again, their red current farm, which, what does the pipe lead to? Carbon monoxide poisoning. What does the carbon monoxide poisoning do? Let me Google it because I didn't even bother to like note this down into a script. So wait, wait for a sec, wait for, I'll be right back. According to Google and NHS, like literally the first couple of articles that popped up, if you were to be exposed to carbon monoxide, it can cause problems with your memory, difficulty with concentrating, even cause vision loss and hearing loss. So some of the symptoms are headache, dizziness, weakness, upset stomach, vomiting, chest pain, confusion. Did I tell you about any of these things? Like they went on a road, started driving a car. Okay, Uh, would they be able to drive a car if they were literally like collapsing on top of each other? I don't think so. And also one of them would have come clean. Like this would be the one thing where it would be like, okay, possibly able to prove it. Like literally they could have actually come in front of the cameras be like, no, this is it. Like why else? Like what kind of corruption, what kind of thing would have prevented them to do this where they might be fearing I don't know, would there be like any debt collectors that are in particular following like any leakage, maybe their landlord? I'm just trying to think of like who would have been against them reporting on a carbon monoxide poisoning. It would have to do something with one of the pipes or like their heating or like, you know, the company that provides them with some services like their energy or heating or water or their own landlord. And yes, 
That might be a possible explanation. There's just nothing, nothing in this story that indicates that they would have had any symptoms of it, okay? So in my opinion, this is the most far-fetched one out there. Then the next one is that maybe Mob was after them. Mm -hmm. Listen, listen to me. This is again, <laughs> Reddit has owned this story. Reddit owns these people's lives for no fucking reason. They don't owe us shit. Okay, so why why is the mob after them well remember what they found at their homes they went for this cash only trip right they left all the credit cards behind they left all of the technology behind they were really paranoid about mitchell having brought his phone so that means they really didn't want to be tracked Another thing is that the police clearly noted that it seemed like the documents in the house were arranged in such a way that made the police believe that they were looking for something. So, okay, cool. Yeah, the documents don't make any sense, just like the rest of this story. But if their parents, Mark and Jacoba, really thought that their lives were in danger, that would include their kids, right? They wouldn't just let the kids leave the car, let Mitchell leave first, then the other two, just let everybody leave, then the two of them separate themselves. Like, wouldn't you protect your family at all costs if this was really a mob? Or maybe you thought they would be harder to find if they're all on their own separate ways, but then you kind of would be really dumb not to ask your kids, are they all planning to return home? Because that's the obvious place where they would find you. In my mind, doesn't make zero cents maybe even less actually than the carbon monoxide poisoning because i can actually see like a company like i don't know thames water <laughs> british gas whatever the equivalents are in australia somebody like that maybe not liking the fact that you have suffered carbon monoxide poisoning at some point due to their faulty pipes and shite and then going after you still they wouldn't do it like this i have a feeling they would have to do it legally through court the next theory <laughs> God. and this is the one where if there was a single theory i was like okay there are some grounds to this maybe maybe just maybe this partially at least makes sense and that is that the family collectively all together suffered from a delusion that is called folia do, madness of two, which is why I gathered us all here this month to discuss this really strange psychological condition. We only spoke about it before in the case of Silent Twins, Jennifer and June Gibbons. But now is the time to focus it on a monthly basis and really try to get into the core of this. Like, is it possible? How does it manifest itself? Okay, so the term was first coined after a French married couple started to exhibit delusional and paranoid behavior. This couple believed that their home was targeted by people who would spread dust throughout their home while wearing couple's shoes. Okay, it was kind of strange. <laughs> Because the study on this first French couple happened in the 19th century, we don't know much about this, but essentially this couple got themselves into this loop where they were reinforcing each other's delusions. So one day, you know, one of them would be like, yeah, definitely see dust, definitely spreading, like I just cleaned it. And then the other person would be like, yeah, no, they're wearing our shoes. I can smell it. I can smell somebody else's feet. I know how my feet smell like, okay, Margaret please please take me seriously and then that's it like every single day they just be reinforcing it. like that's definitely happening i mean even on a smaller scale just think about like you coming home and being like no the door was definitely unlocked and whoever lives with you like a partner or parent being like i mean i'd buy into it like they're like okay yeah no or like we left the stove on and unless you are literally like lying about something like this constantly, somebody would believe it because they don't have any reason not to. And that's exactly the catch when it comes to folia too, because over 90% of the cases of the madness for two happen between couples, parents, children, or siblings. In this particular case of the Trump family disappearance, the few interviews or just public statements that Michelle and Ella have given 
they have stated that they found it confusing. They still feel confused that their stated minds weren't in the best place. And just there's no reasoning behind it. It's bizarre. And then if we are to believe that mental health assessments have been done on the parents at least, we know that there were some increasing signs of mental stress. Now, I wanted this explained in simple English. And whenever there is a case coverage by Dr. Grande, as you know, I watch it. So he said that under folia do people actually go through a form of psychosis, really. And what happens is, so it happens in one, and then it's transmitted to another. And then, of course, that reinforcement, that repetition needs to happen a couple of times for both of people to really be buying into it. But if the secondary person was to be removed out of the situation, the delusion of the threat would also disappear. And this is what, in this case, seems to have happened with somebody like Mitchell and also Ella. And eventually, if we are to believe that this is due to folia doom also with the parents, because they separated after all with Rihanna and Ella. But on the other hand, you might think, well, why was Mitchell not affected at all? If the whole family fell under this spell, if they were all reinforcing it with one another, why was one of them completely unaffected? And also, as you will learn in the next few cases that I plan to cover this month, usually in the cases of Olia Du, people suffering from this psychological event would do anything for one another. They would, in most cases, want to stand by one another, even in certain extreme ones, want to share a cell together. I mean, just remember the case of the Silent Twins. The two of them established their own language. They literally did every single thing together in that room. That is one of the most extreme ones out there. But still, you kind of have to think, like, is there no balance? Is there no average when it comes to the experience? And this case kind of shows us that it doesn't, if you buy into this theory, that is. Other parts when it comes to folia do that you can push one way or the other are that usually this shared psychotic disorder happens in long-term relationships. So this is why it usually happens within the family, with the family members. Somebody is dominant and the other person is passive and easily convinced that this is actually true. So one person develops the psychosis that can be temporary, according to Dr. Grande, which is really interesting. Because, again, if you believe into something like this, it clearly happened on a temporary basis in this case. And then others join in on the fear and this is because they trust this person, because they potentially see this one as a role model. And if they were never paranoid before, if they were never somebody who would just cause hassle for no reason before, why wouldn't they trust them now? And then it's a domino effect. So in this case, if we are to believe this, it trickled down from either Jacoba or Mark and then to the rest of the kids. And there are treatments because my freaked out ass was like, okay, so if this can happen on a temporary basis, if I can just one day decide that I need to flee and there's a mob after me. Yeah, there are treatments. It usually includes psychotherapy, so the specific type of counseling that helps you recognize that this is delusional and to get back to the healthy thinking. Or, I mean, if it is the madness of many, it can also include family therapy and certain medications. Now on to my theory. When I heard Dr. Grande say that this can be temporary, I was like, okay, sure. I do partially believe that to a certain degree there was a case of madness of two here. But I think that it is more than that, or rather that it is caused by something else. And this is, my theory, is based on a single quote that I have mentioned at the beginning of this video when I introduced the family to you. Rather two quotes, okay? So one of them I already mentioned, and that is that the whole family worked on this farm seven days a week. Seven days. No breaks. Hopefully that has freaking changed, otherwise we might need a justification from the Trump family. And another one was from this 
another small, just a byline in an article that I have read from Rihanna's interview in 2017 with Woman's Day. She said that a buildup of stresses has led to her father suffering a mental breakdown. One that was so intense that he feared someone was after him and prompted him to flee. So, is it possible that the whole family, starting off from the father and then trickling down onto the children, just snapped one day because they were overworked? Maybe they finally saw this as a holiday. I mean, if I was to be working seven days a week on someone else's volition... And then they were just like, yeah, leave everything behind. We are going into a car. I'd be like, hey, at least it's a break from work. I wouldn't protest against it. They trusted their family. This wasn't like somebody who was abusing them. This was a very chill family, except from the part that they all worked seven days a week. And why I'm saying that the stress and just being overworked might have caused it is usually folia do happens under particular circumstances. One of them being high levels of chronic stress or the occurrence of stressful life events. Second one being social isolation of the primary or the secondary person from the outside world. Here, they all really were socially isolated, like the whole family, but maybe maybe one of them, the father or the mother, was more socially isolated than the rest. This would also mean that there is no social comparison, meaning it's impossible for Mark or Jacoba or any of the kids, really, to tell apart facts from delusion, because they are all there, they're all in it together. There's nobody there with the reality check, nobody there with the common sense. And the third one is the close connection that we spoke about between the primary and the secondary person, rather secondary people in here, usually stemming from a long-term relationship with some attachments like couples, family members, siblings. So what do you believe happened here? I'm passing the baton right on to you. I do believe some form of folia do has happened, but that it was heavily, heavily influenced by just stress and them being overworked. I don't truly believe there is like some insane mystery here because they would have either come out or we would have heard about them on the news if somebody was to be chasing them, if any of the other theories were to have panned out. But now I want to know your thoughts as you're walking into your next Zoom call and you're questioning your co-workers, of course, logically, duh. Do they believe in folia do? Have they ever heard about it? What do they believe in? Because listen, sometimes you just have to start weird conversations with your co-workers to see what they were made of. Either Folia do or Teletubbies. I mean, I'm giving you a choice. Or tell them that you know a word for blowjob in their language. Like if they're international, of course. You know a word for blowjob in English if you know what blowjob means. <laughs> so I don't have to tell you that. Probably know the word if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, that is appropriate co-worker talk. That totally didn't lead to a personal story and a personal disappointment by an Italian. But it's such a cute word. Italians have the cutest word for like the nastiest shit. Like Pompino is blowjob. Just like, it's like tomatina. Yeah, and then scoiattolo is my favorite word in Italian. It means squirrel. So much better than squirrel. Squirrel. Like you have to struggle to say it. Scoiattolo. It's just the best. It is truly, truly the best. Anyways, so I love my Italians. And uh, <laughs> you start up weird conversations with your co-workers and in doing so you test their state of mind and by testing their state of mind well a you're gonna realize if they're overworked if they might reach a psychotic break even if it is a temporary one where the folia do might happen and in doing so you keep doing what <laughs> that stem that went left um you keep making this world Oh, better place. One motive. How do you do it? How do you do it? Say it with me. Say it with me. One motive at a time. Dinky winky, dinky la la po. No, let's play. Let's play. Listen, let's, let's. It just has to end like that. No, instead of the outro song, let's play the Teletubbies song. Let's do it.
there is a disturbing amount of hours of Teletubbies. Just on YouTube. Just on YouTube. Why is the intro song two minutes, over two minutes long? Oh, God. I am sorry, I have never heard the British version of this. Why is it? Is it narrated? Is it narrated by Helen Mirren? What the fuck is going on? Now let me find a Serbian one. This ain't correct. <laughs> I have found the Croatian one, which is the closest I think I can come to it. And even the laughter of the baby is one of the creepiest things that you will ever hear. So I have listened to it now, you have to. This is why I don't do drugs, and this is why I don't need them. Because this in itself explains who I am as a person right now. Well, let's just dive in, and then explain nothing, then say nothing, and just end this episode. That's the baby's laughter. Pay attention to it. It will scar you for life, and I have no regrets. <laughs> Bye, fuckers. See you.